0: American Chiropractic Association presents this informational
1: podcast series ACA radio here's Melanie Cole Researchers have estimated that chiropractic care may reduce the number of Medicare patient visits to primary medical physicians for back and or neck pain, resulting in an annual savings of eighty three and a half million dollars. The American Chiropractic Association has launched a major grassroots campaign to enact federal legislation that would achieve full physician status for doctors of chiropractic in Medicare. This initiative would significantly improve the health and wellness of our nation's aging population. My guests today. They are Richard Miller, he's the Executive Vice President of the American Chiropractic Association, and John Filardo, he's the Senior Vice President for Public Policy and Advocacy at the American Chiropractic Association. Welcome to the show, gentlemen. Richard, I'd like to start with you and tell us what is the National Medicare Quality Petition?
0: This is a grassroots campaign nationally in which we are trying to mobilize patients, and concerned citizens to contact the Congress and urge them to change a federal statute that discriminates against chiropractic patients and doctors of chiropractic in a way that is really harmful to, to the health delivery system overall. And so it's an effort, again, to gather a lot of grassroots support using a petition document Uh, as part of the mechanism of
2: doing that.
1: So, John, tell us why are you using the term petition?
2: Well, petition has, uh, it's a well-known term, and it it creates uh, a sense of urgency and a sense of change. Uh, What we are looking for is uh, for our patients and, uh, uh, again, the, the public at large, to recognize and to urge change with Congress to to fix this uh, 40-year-old wrong is what we're calling it. Uh, the statute right now is 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 basically one that's very uh, very limited. Uh, the, the Medicare patient has a very limited uh, access to a doctor of chiropractic, and so we're using the term petition to to uh, to convey. Uh, that urgency and uh, that voice for change uh, that we're looking for with the Congress.
1: Richard, how can doctors of chiropractic enlist individuals for this National Medicare Equality petition?
0: Well, typically, doctors of chiropractic have a great bedside manner with their patients, and they know their patients well. And so when patients come into their office, the doctor of chiropractic can raise this issue with them or have their office manager or office staff raise the issue when the patient comes and signs into the office. Uh, We find, generally speaking, that chiropractic patients are interested in health care policy, and they want to make sure that they have access and coverage to the very best services possible. And so it would not be unusual for a chiropractic patient having a good close relationship with their doctor of chiropractic, uh, to talk about things uh, that deal with health care policy in a broad sense and to bring to their attention changes that are needed uh, in federal law to ensure that patients receive and have access to the very best treatment they can, the treatment options that they desire and need under the federal Medicare program.
1: So, John, if researchers have estimated that chiropractic care may reduce these number of Medicare patient visits, what is this for? We're talking about back and neck pain. How will this help?
2: Doctors of chiropractic are are, uh, are physician-level providers uh, in Medicare. But the only thing that is covered currently is the manual manipulation of the spine to correct a subluxation. And basically, that's pretty much the adjustment. But doctors of chiropractic can do so much more, especially under their state scope, that are uh, Medicare-covered benefits. Uh, however, uh, current law does not allow doctors of chiropractic to perform under their state scope. And therefore, the access for chiropractic patients in Medicare to their doctor of chiropractic is, is very limited. The thing to remember here is that we're not looking for any new benefits or or anything like that in in Medicare. What we are looking for is that if it is a Medicare-covered benefit and a doctor of chiropractic can perform that service under their state scope of practice, then the doctor of chiropractic should be allowed to perform that and the patient should have access to that doctor of chiropractic for the service that they're looking for.
0: I'd like to add, if I might, something to what John just said. It ought to be realized by people making public policy, making our laws, that the current restriction, which is really a barrier of sorts to obtaining chiropractic care, is purely arbitrary. There's no sound scientific basis for it. And it should be changed, because this would benefit patients in the health delivery system overall. Doctors of chiropractic, they treat via non-surgical methods. They treat via non-pharmacological methods. And one of the big problems is that when people go to healthcare care providers, medical doctors and doctors of osteopathy, for example, oftentimes the type of treatment they receive or recommendation they receive might be to undergo a back surgery. And we know that there are many thousands of unnecessary back surgeries performed each and every year. These are, puts the patients at risk, and these things are terribly expensive to the health delivery system. We also know there's an opioid epidemic in this country in which health care providers are prescribing these very powerful and addictive drugs uh, dealing with pain issues. Well, the chiropractic approach to dealing with pain doesn't involve uh, the prescription of opioid drugs, for example. So it is a safer, in many, many instances, it's a much safer, much more conservative form of treatment that is equally, if not more so, effective for a wide variety of spinal maladies.
1: So, Richard, I'd like you to continue along this line. Why do you think this has been resisted for so long?
0: Well, you know, people are conditioned to accept things the way they are, whether they are right or wrong. And if you go back many years, the chiropractic profession, for all practical purposes, was somewhat excluded from the delivery of what we would call mainstream medicine. The medical establishment really wanting to preserve uh, in large measure uh, their monopoly, one might say, over the treatment of spinal conditions, they really resisted the competition from the chiropractic profession. And they had sufficient influence in Congress to ensure that when doctors of chiropractic were first allowed into the federal Medicare program back in the early 1970s, that they were limited artificially in terms of the services they could provide. In other words, the statute was written in such a way as to deliberately be anti-competitive because of the influence of the medical lobby at that particular time. Now, thankfully, attitudes have changed significantly. Chiropractic care is very much mainstream, very popular with millions and millions of patients And policymakers on Capitol Hill are coming to realize that we have a very damaging, unfair, and arbitrary limitation in statute that's anti-competitive, again, as I've said earlier,
1: and it needs to be changed. So, John, what will the ACA do with the names that you collect? People sometimes don't want to sign a petition if they think they're not sure what you're going to do with the name.
2: Well... Yes, the the names will certainly be protected and won't be sold to an outside partner or anything like that. What we are going to do with those names is that when we do have uh, a bill in Congress, that we can go back to these people and we can ask them, urge them to support that bill by contacting their member of Congress and urging them to co-sponsor that bill. The more co-sponsors we have, the better the likelihood of our success. So this is the first stage, if you will, of a long-term grassroots effort that will hopefully lead to victory. I can tell you, uh, both Rick and I had worked on Capitol Hill, and and so we know the the value of, of grassroots support and what it means for an individual constituent to contact their member of Congress in support or in, in opposition to something. So we are preparing that, or prepared rather, to launch, uh, to have a bill in, in, in Congress sometime in the near future, and then in turn hopefully unleash this grassroots support to a second stage, which would be to contact their members of Congress directly and urge them to co-sponsor the bill. Now, I can tell you, if we are successful in getting those numbers up, and having a high uh, number of people contact or a member of Congress, then we are confident that this bill, this effort, will bear fruit. And so, in the long run, this is, this is going to be a, a multi-month, maybe even multi-year effort. We're prepared to take this uh, to the highest level and petition the Congress and urge them to, to make a change in the law so that Medicare patients have full and unencumbered access to their doctor or chiropractic.
0: I might add, I was going to say, the group that is most going to benefit from this campaign are America's Medicare patients, because we're going to give them greater choices of the health care services they have available to them, types of providers they have available to them, and we're going to provide them with coverage for services that they either can't access now or they have to pull their hard-earned dollars out of their pocket and pay for it. And really, the federal Medicare program should be one of fairness, and it should be one that promotes competition and provides the patient with the very best treatment options possible. And that's really what our proposal is going to do. It's going to benefit patients in a very major way.
1: John, people hear the word Medicare, and with so many more young people seeing chiropractors today for a myriad of reasons, are, they, are Medicare patients the only ones that are able to participate in this call to action?
2: No, and that's a very good question. Uh, because we've gotten it, um, and uh, we say no, uh, be, anyone can join this effort. Anyone, can, uh, anyone of voting age uh, can, can uh, become a, a, a member in this movement, because everyone uh, either knows someone who is on Medicare or is about to join the Medicare ranks. There are 55 million Medicare patients uh, today, and that n- number is growing uh... every day uh... the uh... anyone uh, can uh, participate in this campaign uh... if uh, you're twenty years old you're you certainly know someone a, a grandparent for example who is on medicare and can be helped if you're forty years old your parent could be on medicare and uh... this will benefit them as well so we're asking all americans uh... to join in this effort and uh fight for either someone you know, someone you love, a friend, or a family member.
1: And Richard, I'm going to give the last word to you. What do you want the listeners to know about this act, about this Medicare Equality petition?
0: What I want people to understand is, is, and I'm going to emphasize something John said, and that's everyone can participate in this. This is a campaign for good public policy. It's a campaign for fairness. And if you go to our website, you can find that within just a very few minutes, uh, really, you can log on and you can add your name to this petition, and you can participate in this very democratic uh, grassroots effort uh, to really do something good for the American people.
1: Thank you gentlemen for being with us today. I applaud all the great work that you're doing and thank you so much for being with us. You're listening to ACA Radio and for more information on the National Medicare Equality Petition, you can go to acatoday.org equality. That's acatoday.org equality. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for listening.